At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. Hi, this is Play Me A Recipe. I'm Molly Gilbert, blogger and author, coming to you from my kitchen in Seattle. Today we'll be making an apple fritter cake from my cookbook, Sheet Pan Sweets. The recipe will be linked in the show notes and on food52.com, but we'll be gathering our ingredients, whisking, mixing, baking and glazing, doing everything all alongside each other. So feel free to pause or jump back if you need a little bit more time. So let's gather the ingredients for our apple fritter cake. We will need two and a half cups all-purpose flour, a half a teaspoon baking soda, one teaspoon kosher salt, a teaspoon of ground cinnamon, a quarter teaspoon of ground nutmeg, two cups of packed dark brown sugar, although if you only have light brown, you could certainly use that, a half a cup, which is one stick of unsalted butter, melted and cooled. I like to use unsalted in my baking recipes so that I know exactly how much salt is going into the final recipe. We're also gonna need a cup of canola oil, four large eggs, a teaspoon of pure vanilla extract, and a teaspoon of pure almond extract. And then we're also gonna need four cups of chopped and peeled apples. Um, so let's get that started now. We're also gonna need a sheet pan. Not a jelly roll pan, but a true half sheet pan with that little one inch lip around the edge. And you're gonna to wanna to either butter it or spray it with some cooking spray, which I'm gonna do. I find it a little bit easier. We're also gonna need a couple of bowls, uh, a whisk, and a rubber spatula. And then of course some measuring cups and spoons. I'm gonna go ahead and peel my apples here. And the way I like to do it is I take a sharp knife and I slice off the top and the bottom of the apple. And then I take my peeler and I just move my hand from top to bottom of the apple, taking off the skin all the way around. I find that gets me a really clean, fresh apple here to work with. And then once my apple is peeled, I just cut it down the center into halves and then cut it again into quarters. And then I can sort of take my knife to slice the core out of the middle of the apple. And from there I can chop, this recipe calls for just chopped apples. So I, I'm chopping them in probably about, let's say half an inch sort of pieces. A rough chop is okay for this. In baking in general, I like to use a mix of Granny Smith and Golden Delicious apples. So I find that the Granny Smith brings sort of the like tart flavor, not too sweet. 
Um, Golden Delicious is a little bit sweeter, but they also both have nice textures for baking. They sort of don't completely slump into puddles, keep their shape a little bit. But for this cake, you get nice sort of toothsome chunks of apple in there, which I really like. Although, full disclosure, I couldn't find Golden Delicious at my store today, so I'm using a mix of Granny Smith and some Honeycrisp apples, which I find all over the place here in Washington State. If you were feeling lazy, not really wanting to peel your apples, you could probably get away with keeping the skin on in this recipe. I just prefer the texture and the mouthfeel of the apples when they're peeled. Sometimes the skins can be a little bit tough and they don't really break down in the batter. So I call for peeled and chopped, but you do you, whatever floats your boat. I just love this apple fritter cake because it is sort of like an homage to my favorite donut in the pastry case, the apple fritter. Um, it is my opinion that if you're at the donut shop and they have an apple fritter, you absolutely 100% have to get one. Um, I just love those like delicious gooey pockets of apple sort of melt in your mouth. You get that obviously delicious fried donut flavor and then the glaze on top is just ugh, so good. The glaze for this cake has a little bit of maple in it so sort of going for like full fall vibes here. Um, and I love that you can make this apple fritter cake and not have to deal with the fryer at all. Hot oil, splattering, we just make a giant cake that tastes like a donut. That's another benefit that I love about baking on a sheet pan is that you really get some high volume stuff coming out of your oven. You can cook for a ton of people. So, you know, it's the fall, whether you have like school bake sales coming up, holiday get togethers, just like a ton of apples that you need to use up from your latest trip to the apple orchard, this recipe, is a good bet for that. And the recipe calls for four cups of chopped and peeled apples. I get that from about three large, but if you're just shy or a little bit over, it'll be fine. The cake can handle it. Um, okay, so I'm gonna get these peels in the compost. It's a nice thing about Seattle as a city, they compost, which is awesome. Okay, so apple peels are in, apples are ready to go. Now we can start baking our cake. Okay, so the first step towards making this cake is getting our oven preheated to 325. And we are gonna mix together our dry ingredients first. So, first let's get some flour in a bowl. We need two and a half cups, so I'm gonna scoop it, get it into our bowl here. I like to use the scoop and sweep method for flour, which means I sort of take my measuring cup and stick it into my big tub of flour and sort of stir it around a little bit just to aerate the flour and get it a little fluffy. And then I scoop the flour into my measuring cup, take my hand and sweep off the excess from the top. And that is how I measure flour for my recipes. I know a lot of bakers do it in many different ways, uh, which is why some will argue that using a scale is your best bet but if you are using cup measures, let's go for the scoop and sweep. Okay, so I've got my flour in the bowl. I'm gonna add some baking soda. Actually do the same method with my measuring spoons. Scoop and sweep. 
the baking soda into the bowl. I need a half teaspoon, great. Next up, I'm gonna add my salt. And I like to use a healthy amount of salt in my baking recipes because I feel like salt just really brings out those sweet flavors. And I know it can kind of be counterintuitive, counterintuitive to have salt in a sweet recipe, but I think it's really important. And I use diamond crystal kosher salt, which is a little less salty than some other sweets. So if you're using just like table salt, um, or even just a different brand of kosher salt, you may want to use a little bit less. Next up, we're going to add our cinnamon here. Get a good teaspoon of ground cinnamon, that nice warming fall flavor, and some nutmeg. And you can use the pre-ground nutmeg. Um, today I'm using fresh nutmeg, so they come in these like little pods, and you can just grate them right into the bowl. It smells so good. I always add a little extra nutmeg just, just for a little something. I don't know. I think I just really like the smell, so I go a little overboard. Okay, so now all my dry ingredients are in the bowl. Just gonna get my whisk in there, whisk it together. And then I will set that bowl aside and grab a bigger bowl here for my wet ingredients. So for the wet ingredients, we need our stick of melted butter that has sat around and cooled for a bit. Get that in the bowl. And then we will mix that up with our brown sugar. And we're gonna need about two cups of packed brown sugar. You wanna make sure that you're really packing your cup tightly when you measure your brown sugar to make sure that the cake is sweet enough. This recipe is a little bit nostalgic for me because it reminds me of my grandpa Jean. His name was Jean Gilbert. And he loved, loved, loved an apple fritter maybe where my love of apple fritters come from, but every Thanksgiving, Grandpa Jean and Grandma Inez would come to Philadelphia, uh, where I grew up with a bunch of my cousins from the Midwest and aunts and uncles, and they would all stay at our house, and so we'd have like this overflowing, super full house full of people. Um, and on Thanksgiving morning, Grandpa would go to the bakery and bring back a big box of donuts for everyone to eat for Thanksgiving breakfast, because Everyone knows the best way to start like a full eat day is with a donut. And there'd be all different kinds, but everyone knew not to touch the apple fritter because that was grandpa's donut. Like hands off, stay away from the apple fritter. That's grandpa jeans. I think that's where my love of the apple fritter comes from is from grandpa Jean. So I'm making this cake in his honor. So I have my brown sugar in the bowl. I'm gonna add our cup of canola oil. And then I'm gonna add my four large eggs. Get those cracked. I like to crack my eggs on a flat surface. So like not on the side of the bowl because I find that when you try and crack it on an uneven surface like the side of the bowl, it can sort of push some of the eggshell up into the egg itself, make it more difficult to break open without getting shells into your batter. I just give it a firm wrap on the countertop and then into the bowl it goes. Okay, now I'm gonna get my hands cleaned from the egg situation. And now I'm gonna add my extracts. So we want just a teaspoon of pure vanilla extract and a teaspoon of almond extract. In we go. And those are 
our wet ingredients, I'm gonna take my whisk, get all those wet ingredients homogenous and friendly in the bowl. The eggs are sort of melting into the sugar and the oil and the butter. It's all turning like a uniform dark brown color, kind of shiny and smooth. And once I've got that good and whisked, I'm just gonna take the bowl of dry ingredients, add it to my bowl of wet, and it goes. Make sure I've got every last bit. And now you could take your whisk and do this, but I'm gonna switch to my rubber spatula to stir the dry ingredients into the wet. I find that sometimes using a whisk makes like a big clumpy mess in this way. You can sort of gently stir without over mixing the batter here. I'm just going around the bowl. I'm not really folding because it's not that delicate, but in order to make sure everything stays in the bowl, I'm sweeping around the bowl and onto the bottom of the bowl to make sure we get all those bits down there. You want your dough just to come together. If you have some streaks of flour, that's totally fine because now you're going to add in those apples that we chopped up. Now, once those are in to the batter, I'm gonna fold them around to incorporate them. And this will get rid of any errant streaks of flour or pockets of stuff that didn't get mixed up together. You can hear the batter really getting thick with those apples. Okay, so my batter looks good. The apples are evenly distributed. The batter is a deep brown uniform color. I'm going to scrape it with my spatula here onto my greased sheet pan. And then I'm gonna use my spatula just to push the batter all the way across the pan. I start by kind of pushing the batter into the corners first. I find that helps to get it fully spread and then we can even it out a little bit better if need be. This one is really thick because of all those apples. Okay, this looks good. The pan is full. I'm just trying to kind of push the apples around so that every bit of pan gets apple coverage. And we are going to stick this in the oven to bake for 20 to 25 minutes, basically until it's nice and golden. The edges are just starting to pull away from the sides of the pan. So while that bakes, I'm gonna take a quick break and get the ingredients for the glaze ready. I am going to clean up my kitchen here and take out the ingredients for the glaze. I'll be back soon. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beating cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hard-working hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. And we're back. This is Play Me a Recipe. I'm Molly Gilbert, and today we're making an apple fritter cake from my book, Sheet Pan Sweets. We are waiting for the cake to finish baking and gathering together our glaze ingredients. So for the glaze, we're gonna need four tablespoons or a half a stick of unsalted butter. We're going to need a third cup of confectioner sugar, two tablespoons of pure maple syrup, a quarter teaspoon of ground cinnamon, 
quarter teaspoon or a pinch of kosher salt and a tablespoon of whole milk. Equipment wise, we are also gonna need a pot. I'm using about a small pot, like a two quart or smaller pot, and a whisk and a rubber spatula. Okay, so the first step towards making the glaze here for our apple fritter cake is to brown the butter. So I'm gonna take the butter and stick it in our pot here with a spatula and put it over medium heat. And first we're looking for the butter to melt and then we are looking for the butter to brown, which is a process that can take a little bit of time, but we wanna be patient. And one thing I'm definitely not gonna do is step away from this pan for any reason, because I know that as soon as I do that, the butter will turn from almost brown to black, aka burned, and nobody wants a burned glaze on a beautiful apple cake. So I'm just gonna stir this with the, my rubber spatula as it gets going here over the heat. And pretty soon we'll sort of start to hear it. Oh, there it goes. Hiss and bubble up. And that's all good. I'm just gonna keep gently stirring the butter with my spatula here. And when we're making brown butter, what we're really doing is cooking the milk solids here in the butter. It'll sort of start to separate. The milk solids come away from like the clarified butter. We want the milk solids to brown and get sort of like this ambery, reddish color. That is where some really awesome flavor lives. I'm just gonna keep on stirring. And this cake is one of many in my cookbook, Sheet Pan Sweets, where you can find sheet cakes like this one. I also have recipes for like layered and rolled cakes. You can bake a whole cake on a sheet pan and then cut out circles or squares and stack them up to make a really nice layer cake without having to pull out all of your pans in your pantry. And everything sort of bakes at the same time. You don't have to be rotating things. It's really nice. There's also a cookie chapter, obviously, and cookie bars. Um, there's a chapter called Fruit Forward, so you'll find like things like slab pies there, meringues, tarts, galettes, all sorts of delicious free desserts. And then the last chapter is breakfast and breads. So actually the only two breads in that chapter are um, an orange and olive oil challah and a focaccia, but it's chock full of other breakfasty treats. There's like a blueberry muffin coffee cake in there. There's an almond raspberry bostock, which is like a thick challah with raspberry and almond flavor. It's just, it's really good. I advise you to check out my book if you can. Okay, so you can hear the butter here has sort of stopped spitting quite as much. The sound that it's making right now is sort of a more relaxed boil. And that's when I wanna really keep my eye on it. Once it stops making noise, you know it's about to brown. Yep, and you can see that I'm getting some really toasty bits at the bottom here. I'm gonna keep moving them around the pan with my spatula. I don't want them to go too far, but I definitely want them to get nice and brown. Once I've hit that amber stage, I'm gonna turn off the heat, take my pan off of the heat, because it'll keep, the butter will keep browning from the residual heat of the pan. So I'm gonna quickly add the rest of my ingredients here just straight to the pan. I've got powdered sugar, three quarters of a cup. I'm gonna add our two tablespoons of maple syrup. Just kind of eyeballing this actually. I'm gonna add a quarter teaspoon of ground cinnamon, a good pinch of kosher salt. 
And then a tablespoon of whole milk. You can hear the butter is still sort of sizzling in there, but as the milk goes in, it'll cool the pan down. And then I'm just gonna get in there. I'm using my spatula right now, but you're gonna wanna get in there with a whisk as well to make sure that all the lumps get smoothed out. I'm gonna swap to my whisk. And really bring this glaze together right here in the pan. You could transfer it to a different bowl if you're worried about the warmth, the heat, the butter getting too brown. But this is looking really good. I'm just gonna keep on whisking until all those little lumps of powdered sugar are gone. You could sift in your powdered sugar if you're really worried about lumps, but I don't think it's necessary here. And I don't mind a little tiny pocket of powdered sugar here and there in my glaze for this cake. Whew, this is smelling so good. We're getting the cinnamon, the brown butter. I feel like brown butter should be some sort of like perfume situation if someone could bottle that up. Like you'd be, you'd be the talk of the town with your brown butter fragrance walking around. Pop in a little bit of cinnamon there. You're ready for your, what is it, hot girl fall? I don't know, I'm old. Okay, so this glaze is perfectly smooth. It is a rich brown color with all those beautiful little flecks of brown butter in there and cinnamon. And it is ready to go over our cooled cake. All right, so our cake is out of the oven and cooled and ready for glaze. And how do I know that it's done? Great question. Um, the cake is brown all throughout. It is kind of pulling away gently from the sides of the pan. And when I stick a tester into the center, it comes out clean. And that is how I know that my cake is good and ready to roll. So I've let it cool here for a bit. Um, you don't have to let it cool like 100% before you put the glaze on, but you definitely want to let it cool a little bit so that the glaze doesn't just sort of melt into the cake um, and get, get a little bit lost. Um, it'll still taste awesome, but um, I really like that true apple fritter look with that shiny glaze on top. So uh, I like to make sure that my cake is mostly cooled before taking my glaze, which is right here in our pot. and just drizzling on top. So what I'm gonna do is, I'm gonna use my whisk and just kind of like dunk it into my pot of glaze and then sort of like feather it over the cake itself to get little ribbons of glaze pouring all over the apple cake. Just sort of like pollocking my way around the sheet cake here. Gotta cover a lot of ground when you're making sheet cakes because it makes a ton of cake. I think is a great problem to have. Sheet cakes are an awesome way to meet your neighbors, to just like make random friends on the street. When you're baking sheet cakes, you will almost undoubtedly have leftovers. Your neighbors will be really, really pleased that you moved next door. Your friends will be really happy that they invited you to your book club. Your PTA will be really psyched that you decided to sign up for the bake sale. Yeah, the glaze is almost all the way on top of the cake. You could take like a spatula and sort of smooth it out, but I like the look of it sort of just like willy-nilly in stripes and swoops all over the top. Scrape out the pot here, make sure I get every last bit of the glaze. And here we have our finished apple fritter cake. How did yours turn out? Is it like springy and bouncy and full of apples? Does it smell? incredible, like something that you want your house to smell like this entire fall. 
because that is what I'm going for. I hope you're happy with how your apple cake turned out. Thank you so much for letting me play you a recipe today. Again, my name is Molly Gilbert. You can find me on my food blog, DunkinCrumble.com. I'm on social media at Molly Duncan Crumb. That's Molly with a Y. Dunk N, the letter N, Crumb. And you can find my cookbook, Sheet Pan Sweets, um, on shelves of your local bookstore now. Bye, everyone.